Welcome to the Poe Politicking Show. Founded in 2008, Poe Politicking is a hip-hop meets self-help brand. With each interview, we teach the babies and share success secrets with you, the listener. Past guests of the Poe Politicking Show include Yo Gotti, Currency, MC Light, BG, Dead Press, Rashida, Project Pat, and more. We also showcase the future upcoming stars of hip-hop. Subscribe on iTunes and get automatic updates of each podcast episode. Popolitikin.com
Welcome back to PolPolitikin.com, your home for self-help meets hip-hop. Make sure you go to our app. We're on iTunes. We're on Google Play. Type in PolPolitik and listen to some of our interviews for the past 11 years. One, two, one, two. I'm in a place to be with Julie Black. How you doing? Hey, I'm phenomenal. I'm fantastic. So I was uh, reading a lot yes. about your background. I was uh, very impressed. I was reading that you're a um, Canadian songwriter. You wrote a lot of songs with uh, Nas, Destiny Child, Sean Paul, Sean Paul, the queen of Canadian R&B. So I just want to hear more about your background. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's dope. That's dope. And there's a lot of more things, but we're going to get an interview. But I just want you to kind of just just start with your background, let listeners lo- know a little bit more about yourself. For sure. Well, I am a Canadian born of uh, Jamaican descent. I'm the youngest of nine children. Um and music's always been my passion. I started singing at the age of six in the church. Of course, I love the church. That's where they breed them the best. And, um, you know, it was important for me to follow my passion. And um, and my, my mom especially was very, very supportive of me using my gift that God gave me, you know. And so being in Canada, there wasn't very many outlets for R&B and soul music. And so hip-hop became my husband, so to speak. I recognize that at that time, I could say late 90s, early 2000s, there was a big influx of like um, hip hop with like an R&B hook, you know what I mean? Like, Mary, you're all I need with Method Man, you know, mm-hmm. type thing. And so I, I recognized at an early age that if I were to basically be able to be, become the voice of these songs in Canada in particular, artists like Cardinal Official, Socrates, Jean Claire, back in the day, it was like, you know, there, there was an opportunity for me to get on college radio in particular at that time, which then, for me, those people who are in college, the logic in my mind was they're going to become the program directors of the future. They're going to be the ones that are running radio, you know, running television. And, you know, it kind of worked in a sense because I was able to get on a top radio, top 40 radio station like KISS 92. Uh, you know, the KISS brand pretty much coast to coast. Once you hear KISS, mm-hmm. you know, it's pretty much commercial. Yeah. And um, I was able to get on, and and from that, uh, hit top 10 with my first single, Rally, and and be able to open for Destiny's Child. In fact, I opened for Destiny's Child about seven years before I even wrote for them, without even knowing it was going to come full circle, you know, to be able to open for Usher at the time. And, you know, it was a Jay-Z and 50 Cent was on this tour back then. And so it was cool, because they were all coming through Canada. And uh, so because my voice was on so many different singles that were that were hip-hop songs so I, I got the attention of the right people and so you know alongside going to college for for law enforcement and criminology at the same time uh, that was also my passion still is I think it's important that we know our rights and responsibilities and being uh, raised in kind of an at-risk area what was considered at-risk in Toronto Jane and Finch a lot of my friends were getting in trouble and so I really wanted to understand you know, our rights and responsibilities, all while still making and loving music was kind of like an escape. And so the two ran parallel and it it really came in handy because as I was presented with recording contracts or publishing deals, it was like, oh, this is, I understood the jargon of the contracts. Even if I didn't necessarily know exactly, I could easily research or be in a room with legal, you know, experts and understand what they were saying, you know? So... Um, but yeah, so fast forward, I continued to make music with various singers and songwriters and producers, and you know, here we are on on today, 
uh, the show March. I've been working with one producer in particular for the past 12 years, young Pete Alexander, out of Atlanta, and uh, a producer and you know, business partner and musical director, and we just decided to really commit, commit to this movement, commit to this journey. And I think that music is kind of in a place right now where it's important that we're saying something. As much as we have the, we still need that cotton candy. To me, you still need a little bit of junk food, you know, just to balance it out. But uh, what we represent is true, you know, storytelling. And whether, it, even if it is over a reggae beat, like you're going to hear some sort of story that you're going to resonate with. I was going to say, what song did you write for Destiny Child? It was on the Fighting Temptation soundtrack. It was okay. called I Know. Okay. And, yeah. And then I know you, um, you was on that song with Nas Heaven. I really liked that song. Was that you singing in the background? Thank you. That's me. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, so that's yeah, I really liked that song. I was like, that was, like once I fit, I had to leave, I had to, like, kind of do some digging to figure that out. But once I figured that out, I was, I was like, I was like, dope, dope. So I was really excited because I really. Yeah. Yeah, that song was dope. I back and leave this world behind. Yeah, that was dope. And then there was another yeah, song I saw y'all had together too called like Material Things. Yeah, Material Things. We do have two together, two songs. And that was pretty cool because it wasn't about the money. Like he really heard my voice and heard the song because that song, Heaven, was my. I had a full length version of it called The Things You Do. And so when he had heard it, he asked, could he take my verse and turn it into his hook? And so basically, that's the exact same recording. I didn't even have to re-record it. It's the exact recording. And uh, rather than be like, okay, well, it's going to cost you 50 grand for me to be on your track, he just like, he said his exact words were like, we have the same value. Let's swap artist to artist. And it was pretty big because for him to do that to, you know, for an unknown, it was really cool. Yeah, he owned now. He's like really into business, turned to an entrepreneur. Well, not turning to an entrepreneur. He, he's a big time investor and entrepreneur now. See, I say, uh, yeah. and then um, I was you. You was mentioning it. You was talking about it. But I would say, so what, what do you love about music? Like, what brought you to doing this a career? Cause I saw you started like in nineteen ninety five. Yeah, we go go way 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 back. I started really young. Um, when you're given a gift, whether whether it's music, sports, math. Whatever, that thing that makes you feel good and realize that others also feel good when you do it, that's the draw for me, you know? And it's been since I was a kid where where you knew, whereas, you know, in church, for example, would sing and people would praise and worship, raise their hands, cry, rejoice, you know? And it's like, wow, okay, there's something happening here, you know, in, in the vibe. So it's, it's choosing choosing this line of work is it takes a lot of courage, you know, but at this point when you understand that it's a gift and it's a blessing to be able to live off of your art, and that in itself is the, that's the W, that's the win. You know, that's the exact win. Right? I remember I did an interview with um, Jay-Z because I used to be on television on a TV show called E-Talk as a journalist. And there's a couple things he said that really resonated with me. And one in particular was you, you, we spend the least amount of time as artists at number one. So why chase number one? What really is, if we focus on life around the number one, that's the win. There's so much more beauty 
you know, outside of the number one, you know? So it's, it's really helped me kind of, you know, just stop chasing those things that really we don't need to chase. What's yours is going to be yours. What's for you can't miss you, you know? And then they say you kind of got to, even when you, if you are chasing at the same time, you're supposed to be enjoying the journey anyway. So it's like, because once you get there, it's like, that's it. Then you go on trying to say something else. Yeah, so you just, it's just a rat race. It's in a circle. You're just always running like that. Always running. Always running. When do you stop to smell the roses, to look around? Yeah, appreciate to be, be life. Present, to feel the ground under your feet. Appreciate life. Appreciate life and appreciate each other while we're here. You know, obviously we see what happened with Nipsey, God rest his soul, John Singleton. And you realize there's so much history and they made such history at a young age. They, they secured their legacy, but at the same time, it's like, could we celebrate each other while we're here? Guys, ship you some flowers while you're here. Hmm. And then, and then, so you, I guess what you were saying earlier in the interview, kind of how that's, you, you was basically in Canada doing the same thing Mariah Carey was doing, because Mariah Carey, she was getting on a lot of hip hop songs back in the day, and that's kind of what helped her career. So I was going to ask you just as far as, um, right. what is hip hop to you? Like, what what is hip hop? Because you kind of got a di- different perspective on it since you, you know, like I said, you kind of did the same thing Mariah Carey did. Right. Um. Hip hop to me is like, compared to uh, the neck and the head, like R&B is the neck and hip hop is the head. You know, we kind of got to work together. And I think that at some point recently, R&B kind of lost the the anchor of hip hop to kind of continue to, to to ground it in a certain kind of way. Because whereas the genre of R&B and soul has been around longer than hip hop, hip hop became the new pop. It crossed over so much mm-hmm. that it, there was an opportunity for it to really protect R&B, and I think that it, it, it didn't. So now I'm hoping that you know, we could come together again and really show the entire universe that no different than country and rock and pop and you know those other genres that they're not trendy. When those, are, when those, genres, are, those genres are here to stay, there's just not a trend. When country music, it doesn't change in the sense of where, you know, where... It's out of style. Like I find that with urban music, it tends to be so trendy, and now it's trap, or now it's mumble rap, or now it's conscious rap, or now it's like why you know I get the evolution of it. But I think that sometimes we could throw the baby out with the bathwater if we're not careful, you know. So yeah. I think that it's hip hop has a firm, a really great opportunity to really just be to be that anchor of the the genre of urban. And then I would say, I know one thing with, uh, like, far as hip-hop now, you got, like, even when I interview a lot of people, they're doing both of them. So it's like, you don't even know what they're doing. But it's like, some sometimes, like, I still like the old school R&B. Like, when I want to listen, like, to me, I still like that that soulful, like, singing, you know, like, Luther, Anita Baker. So I still want that. Anita Baker. Yeah, I don't want that. Yeah, the blending is good sometimes, but sometimes you just want to listen to some singing, you know. So, you know. <laughs> Agreed, agreed. So, yeah, just close your eyes and just get lost in it. So I was ask you who uh, I was reading in the interview um, we did before. You were saying um, Tina Turner, but did you have any more influences? Oh, for sure, Etta James, definitely. But my main main vocal influence, Whitney Houston. You know, that's the that's the first voice I heard come through the radio when I was probably in grade one or so, and I remember my first song I ever did elementary school was saving all my love for you I didn't know what the song was talking about but hey I sang it anyway 
And so I, I would definitely put put her in there for sure as far as influences. And short of that, we didn't have the, the, the R&B and soul music that I had the opportunity to hear. I heard it when I was in America visiting my family. We didn't have it on radio. We didn't have black radio. We didn't have any sort of pirate college radio for us to hear soul music. No, we had to go tape it off, you know, bring back videos from, you know, video music box or BET or at the time, we didn't even have black um, artists on video um, programming in Canada. We had nothing. So I really am so grateful that my, my talent was deposited in me and really, uh, you know, kind of found me on its own. We didn't, it's not like I was immersed into some, some you know, a community where that's what I was hearing all the time, even on radio or television. Like I didn't hear it. I, I was raised more with rock and pop and country, you know, Bruce Springsteen and Tom Cochran and the artists that mostly you know, don't listen to, both <laughs> urban or soul yeah. singers wouldn't even think to say they're influenced. John Bon Jovi was an influence growing up, you know? Yeah, I was actually, that's, you kind of was going to one of the next questions I was going to ask you, like, far as, uh, what are the difference between being in the United States and living in Canada to, that you noticed? You know what? Yeah, what I, I, I think uh, the palette of, you're talking about general or an artist? Uh, just general. Yeah, I think, I think in general, um, our lenses are, are a bit different because we're raised with a very, very multicultural. So my pool of friends have always been very diverse. Black, white, Asian, Southeast Asian, you know, then Caribbean divided up, not just Caribbean Jamaicans, like Trinidadian, Jamaican, St. Kitts, Barbados, Pomp, like all of the islands represented. Same thing with Africa, you know, different parts of the continent. So it influences how we see things. Um, it influences our palate in the sense of we've different types of food even. So... I think that, you know, I think it's important for us to travel, travel literally, but also travel in your, with your palate. Because I have family, for example, uh, in America, who they hadn't experienced eating different types of food, for example. And, it's, and it broadens your scope when you're able to sit in a Thai restaurant or, you know, and eat the food and, you know, understand a bit more about their the seasonings, you know what I'm saying? So I think similarly with music, like now in the time of, say, you know, Drake being the artist that he's become, you know, it's it's now, there's a bit of a bridge that's been built, but at the same time, it's like, okay, so he's introduced a lot of the lingo and, um, and, and the cool factor of being able to, you know, just be him, speak how he speaks, and, you know, represent Toronto, in a sense, on the world map. So, that's what I would say. Yeah, I wanted you to talk about um, your style more and then just some of the themes you talk about in your music. Hmm. I think, you know, no one's really asked me about my style. That's so interesting. Yeah, I'm like, so I try to about. really do this. I try to. <laughs> yeah, you are. 11 years. That's good. Like, yeah. when you said 11 years, I'm like, wow, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. That's super cool. I think that, yeah, for sure. That's necessary and needed. Um, I, I realize that my. My style, I would say, is as far as being a, a singer, um, I, I'm not really, I haven't really been influenced by gospel in the in the American sense, but it's very much about a feel and a tone. I think that I have a unique tone, and uh, I recognize that being Caribbean, you know, having that in my back pocket if I needed to spit, 
you know, as far as like a West Indian type of vibe, that comes very easily for me. Uh, but in essence, it's really about the storytelling and and the purity of my tone. I've always been told since I was very young that you have a unique tone, and so that's that's what I would say is very very uniquely me. And uh, and I'm very very much known for for being a a live performer, like how by records translate live. Mm-hmm. It's uh, you, you people have said they're never disappointed, you know. So that's that's really I'm I'm honored that that's how people feel about my music. So what are some um, things like set you apart as far as the live performances that you do different from most artists? Uh, vulnerability, complete vulnerability, complete transparency, um, storytelling for sure. Uh, really interactive um, with the audience and my band. Uh, mm-hmm. Really not being totally unafraid to say, to really tell my tell my truth. And even if it is something that others might be embarrassed about, like there's no embarrassment. I think that being a performer who's willing to share is that's what's been given given me a lot of my staying power, and for the fans to really feel like they're my friends, they're my family, you know, like, wow, Julie said that, if she could go through that, if she could survive that, or she could forgive, or all these things, like, I think that we have an opportunity as artists to set an example, and beyond even being, like, a role model, it's like, oh, you know what, okay, if that person is unafraid to, you know, have their image scathed, or whatever the industry says, like, that's, like, out the window for me, it doesn't even matter, like, if I was a cheat, I was a cheat, if I was a, you know, whatever, if I smoke, I smoke. Like all these things, I, I, I didn't smoke, but I'm just saying, for example, I think it's important for us to talk about where we are, how we got through the situation. So it's not just promoting some sort of lifestyle, but really sh- promoting how you show up on the other side of some of the things that many are living, um, suffering in silence. And so I think that that's, that's what really sets me apart. My goal is to really not have people suffer in silence and really, really speak what's happening so we can heal and, and progress. Yeah, I saw you. Uh, I saw your TED talk, "How to Rewrite Your Life." So we talk about self help here too. So you want to talk about that speech a little bit? Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, that was a that was a special one. Um, revealed everything that happens to you in life. For me, I believe that it doesn't it doesn't happen to you, but it really reveals who you 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 are and who you can be. Because oftentimes people are unaf- are really afraid to be expose or to reveal, you know, what they're actually made of. Even if it is, like, I know people that were afraid to reveal how smart they were. They didn't want to look like a nerd or not be cool, you know what I mean? It's just like, man, could you imagine if if you really could unlock the greatness and inspire others? So um, I've been through through a lot, for sure. Uh, Others have too, Uh, but I'm just, again, unafraid. And so my mom passing away was really a, Recently, it came to me that her last breath became my first breath. Mm-hmm. I really feel that's, that's really what's been giving me the, the fuel uh, to, to really, just again, to go back to being faithful, you know, trading in my fear for faith and building a solid relationship with God and, uh, and, and really promoting that aspect of things where it's not, you know, just simply about like simple, you know, oversimplifying religion, like this black and white side of things. Like you know, what? you know, love is a, is love is is a powerful tool, and so you know that being able to be on the TED stage and and use my life story in a sense in that fourteen minutes 
to, to share what, you know, what we all can do. So, you know, to let go and to, you know, to dare, you know, some of the things that we just, you know, to volunteer to be vulnerable, you know, it's really special. Mm. And then I saw you have a fitness movement you're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 100 Strong and Sexy. Yeah, it's uh, restoring faith in female friendships. The common theme is basically bringing people together. Uh, right now, it's primarily focused on women and girls. We're going to have strong and sexy, and the, the, the youth edition between the ages 12 and 18 is 100 strong and smart. And so, just important, that was also birthed um, as a part of the healing of the grief, losing my mom, and it's really recognizing that positive motion does equal positive emotion. Is most people just won't get moving long enough to get the natural medicinal effects of exercise. And so, Every hundred days with a two-week buffer, um, the, the movement happened. It's still on right now. You can join at 100strongandsexy.com. And right now, there's we started off with 55 women and 47 women completed it. Then it grew to to um, 187 women. The 160 women completed it. Now we're 289 women, and it'll go from April 1st to to July 10th, and it'll go on. It'll loop around forever, whether there's 200 people or there's two people. This is something that's going to continue for as long as I have breath. Because what I'm seeing is uh, is truly how when women come together, the whole the entire and and heal themselves and help one another, then the entire family and community benefit. And so now we're seeing husbands and brothers and dads and uncles and grandfathers like sons they're, they're involved. Yeah, because the women gonna be. I would say because the women are gonna right? be the ones cooking the food and stuff. So. That's why you know, <laughs> <laughs> most of the time, so you, the, the women healthy, yeah, the family gonna be healthy. So it all start with the, the family healthy. Yeah, that's tight. That's a good point. That's a good point. One lady in particular, her husband, uh, she she signed up for the meal plan, and her husband ate, ate the food, and she's like, okay, so I'm happy to go, but now now the food, I gotta double up on the food. Like, well, good, he's healthy. And then I think I saw. I want to say I was watching. The follow your love video, and you had the fitness movement in the video. Was that the same video? Yeah, so that's not the official video, but that was uh, we used that as a campaign for International oh, okay. Women's Day. Yeah, yeah, because some of those women have never put on eyelashes, have never been in a bathing suit, have never like it was amazing. It's many have you know come off of antidepressants or thyroid medicine, high blood pressure pills, or off insulin, off like. Unreal stuff. A lot of restoration of relationships. One woman, her older woman, her and her daughter were estranged for 16 years. She picked up the phone, and you know now they're her and her daughter doing it together. This cycle, they haven't spoken at a drop for 16 years. So the healing has been incredible. And so when I, I saw in the in other interview we did, you was talking about the video for Follow Your Love. So I just want you to talk more about the song and just let us know when, you know, any current projects you got going on. Yeah, so, um, you know, it's uh, it's really the, the title in itself, you know, Follow Your Love. For me, I've added to it anywhere it takes you, wherever that love takes you. I think oftentimes we, we, we tend to not realize that love is a vehicle. And it could, if you really trust it and allow it to be present, then it could take you to your, your highest self. You know, it could take you to across the ocean. It could take you to places that you were, you may not have had the courage to do. For example, you know, working out for 100 days, you know, self-love. 
And so, um, yeah, it's a bit of a promotional tool for sure. It's it's one of my one side of my voice, definitely. And so it's it'll it's one of the, the many songs that'll be on my upcoming project. And we're right now there's a couple working titles. Um, one is Three Rocks and Slingshot, and the other is 2020. So if it does come out in 2020, it'll align with 2020 vision, having that clarity, you know, stuff like that. And so I'm excited. We're back in the studio this week. My producer and I, am Alexander. We're head, that's why we're heading to L.A. to do some more songwriting and really just um, really refine the project and look at it from the lenses where we are now. A lot, a lot of life has happened between when we wrote Follow Your Love uh, a couple of years ago till now, a few years ago, in fact. So it's exciting. It's nice to speak with people like you who have been, who have been really bridging the gap for 11 years. I really appreciate the opportunity for sure. And so I'm looking forward to to really being the bridge, just a just a big old bridge worldwide, where everybody you know big enough for everyone to cross. Like if you you know you 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 have a fear and you need to get across the bridge to get to your face, then let me hold your hand and take you there. You know, and music is a perfect vehicle. Well, speaking of bridge, what advice would you give to new artists? It's a very good question. Um, in my instinct, I would say establish your why. What's your intention? You know, why do you, so many of us have been born with voices, you know, with the opportunities in front of us. But if we don't understand, you even ask ourselves, like, why do we really want to sing? Why do we want to rap? And it could be superficial. It could be, you know, but whatever that reason is, I think it's important. And I think it's also, um, a, we really need to understand they really need to understand like what they're getting themselves into. This is called the it's called the music business, and so I started at a young age and was able to really look at both the music and the business. And so I'd say definitely try your best to if you don't have a business mentor, then during the day of the internet, you know, listen to podcasts, read interviews, watch interviews, read articles, read books on on the business that you're getting into so that you could go into it with a little bit of an advantage at least, or at least some sort of knowledge base where you could ask the right questions, you know, and not just put out there like that on your own. All right. And yeah, there's the other things that's obvious, hone your craft, you know, practice, you know. If you don't play an instrument, you may want to pick one up. For me, I I started playing piano as a kid, and I didn't stick with it, and you know, but I always sang. I didn't, so I, I now appreciate that my voice is my instrument. I think many singers at times, if you don't play an instrument, you may not feel adequate. So just to know that your your adequacy does lie in your vocal abilities as well. Mm. What would you like to say to your fans and supporters? Simply, I am grateful. I extend extreme gratitude to everyone, new, old, maybe someone, this is your first time hearing my voice, hearing my story. Um, I appreciate you for listening, for giving up your time, your heart, um, your money. You know, there are those who are still spending 99 cents or streaming, you know, the subscriptions, like we're in a different day, but at the end of the day, I think it's important for us to extend radical gratitude. Mm. That's, that's what wins hearts to me, when you're grateful. It's funny you uh, say that because uh, 
one thing I noticed, I noticed when when um when the interview for the first interview, the written interview, I noticed that I was like, wow, I was like, she just seemed very special. I just could even written, I, I can tell you was the same person, so that was crazy. I was like, she's very. No, I that's tell. awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, and then when you talk about thank you, thank you. I was saying the thing about gratitude. Uh, what I, I do every morning, I like I write down all the things I'm grateful for. And then at first I was writing down like a lot of material things, like I write down my house and my home. But then like this week I told myself, right. I said I'm gonna do it, but I don't want to write down that stuff. I just want to write down like nothing that costs money. But then I was thinking about I'm like uh, my fingernails, my circulatory system, my brain. Right? You know what I'm saying? You start thinking about stuff like that, then it start making you be more grateful. Like you know, so I was, it's it's I just wanted to hit on that point you said, but. Yeah, you got to be more grateful because, like, life is real short sometimes and people don't... People I'm take telling you. Yep. Let so, me tell you, I broke my toe three weeks ago. We talking about you're grateful for your fingernails and all that. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you. Basically, add some toes to that list because you just you realize, like, you take for granted. Like, wow, a toe. And how it can alter, you know, your, your day-to-day. And then you look at those... I put a clip on my Instagram... Um, Miss Julie Black, if you want to go check it out over there, M-I-S-S, mm-hmm. Black, she was stuck. But there's a clip of a woman who uh, was born with no arms. And how she, is, you, would, you would think she was born with arms. She does everything with her feet. Everything. It's like, wow. Yeah, because she's going to use like, what oh. she got. Like, people, people like I'm saying, you when go. you don't have it, they do what they got. But then people that got it, we take it for granted. It's just weird how life works right. sometimes. <laughs> Not anymore. We have decided gratitude, radical gratitude. Yeah. So I wanted to say uh, thank you for coming through politics with me. I appreciate uh, politics with the queen of Canadian R and B. Thank you so much. Keep rocking. I'll keep you in my prayers, and uh, yeah, looking forward to meeting you in person. Yeah, no doubt. Is there anything you want to leave listeners with? Anything extra? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know what? You check out the website, www.bluelyblack.com. Social media, we are on Instagram, Miss, M-I-S-S-J-U-L-L-Y, Black. Twitter, Julie Black. Facebook, Julie Black. You know, I don't really snap much, but there's a snap there, Julie Black. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Hey, what's up? It's your girl, Miss Julie Black. And you know what it is. You're kicking it with Poe Politicking right here. So keep it locked. Peace. Each time our bodies touch, you know how to do it.
like a sweet escape Feels like it's all a dream But you're my reality Politicking Show is brought to you by Audible. With over 180,000 titles to choose from, Audible is great for any continuous learner wanting to grow and expand their knowledge and insight. Go to www.audibletrial.com slash PO audio and get an audiobook of your choice free with a 30-day trial. After the trial, your paid membership will begin at $14.95 per month. With your membership, you will receive one credit every month, good for an audiobook on Audible. Cancel before your trial ends and you will not be charged. So go to www.audibletrial.com P-O-Audio and download a free book by Tony Robbins, Grant Cardone, Napoleon Hill, Les Brown, Damon John, and more. Always remember that knowledge is power.